Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. I need some more guitar. It's a good day. It's a good night. about a good guitar groove and solo that makes me like like a my face starts to shrivel up like <laughs> it's because you can feel the string stress right it's like they're right. fixing to pop you're gonna pop something's that tension popping. yeah, yeah. It's just a release like, ah, and then they throw that that pedal in there and with then the we, muff and then we get all like like mm. light and dreamy and then it gets loose because you let go you know like grown and sexy even. oh yeah you know there's something I need to Hold up to, I said last year. What's that? And welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, folks. Alongside me this evening is Seth Spotlow. Thank Good you, to sir. see you, man. I haven't seen you since the wedding. Woo! We've been talking about it all week, um, but it was such a great day. That was amazing. And you said they are actually back in town. Yeah, they just got back. That's great. Yeah, there was You've been a- house-sitting. So. I bet. Oh. And, of course, we're talking about Emily and Eric, no longer fiancé, now husband Hubby. and wife. Mm, E-squared. It's, it's just great. Um, like, it's hard to even put in words, but I was getting choked up at points in the ceremony. I really was. I cried. I bawled my little eyes out. I told my little jokes instead of doing the best man speech, and afterwards, I went outside and ran and cried. Right. I bawled like a little girl all by my little self. Yeah, but, I mean, it's funny when you cry and it's, like, joyful. Yeah. It's like, we're we're taught, I think, as dudes to be very stoic. You're not supposed to. No, but I think people are opening up now. For all the talk of toxic masculinity out there, I think most men I know in my life are willing to show emotion at appropriate times. Now, it is, like, one of the most horrific things in the world to see a grown man not tear up like it's a great moment, like a wedding, or like you're just telling me your daughter is now speaking in full sentences. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's a good moment, it's a tear of joy, like a single tear or two. But one of the most horrific things in this world is seeing a grown man who cannot be questioned how grown of a man he is just break down and start crying. It's horrifying to behold. That's why I quit drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Any of my friends that really, really know me have seen me bawl. When I, man, I used to, I would drink and then at the end I would bawl. But back to the thing that I said last year that I have yet to even start on and it's getting close. Really, I only have like two weeks here. But I said... On Valentine's Day last year, that I would make my own 
grown and sexy music. Oh, Bedroom music. I would yeah. craft my own songs, and so I got to get on it. Hey, We're I coming can, up to that date. I can help I'm going to make that. some bedroom music. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. We'll make it work. Get some samples going. Yeah. I'll start writing some, some grown and sexy lyrics. Mm. I'll bring my big pick bass over. But that's not what people want to hear about stuff. All right. Well, they We're a news talk station. People want the <clears> truth. <throat> they want the latest. They want the news. And there's plenty of things you could pick from. But I've kind of come to this realization. If only, if only discovering the truth was as easy as reading the news. And not like reading every single paper out there in the nation and every single publication online. No, I wish it was just as easy as reading like a few articles, you know. But it's not like that. And I think everybody's discovering that. The truth is... uh, well, like most things worthwhile, it takes a lot of effort to discover the truth, to unearth it. you got to work for it. There are only a few pure truths that are kind of self-evident. Like, I was really thinking about all the arguments we have in politics. And it's our imagination, I think, that actually gets us in trouble. It's our hopes that actually get us in trouble. Having an imagination is good. Having hope in yourself and the people around you, great. But it can also go astray. Because I think we often argue over, like, what the country should be. And there's a lot of power at stake, so we get real pissy with one another when there's so much at stake. And it's usually like, I want the country to be like this. No, I want the country to be like this. But here's the problem, man. We don't even agree on what the world is. Like, we don't even agree on the current situation, let alone where we need to go with that situation. We don't even agree on basic facts or even basic values. I would hope that we agree on a lot of basic values. But I think, I think the truth, it's had its good name run through the muck and the mud. You know, I was having a conversation last night with a good old Southern Wood after the show. It, our conversation on air from, not last night, from Monday night. Baron was here last night. But we were talking about stories and the narratives we tell ourselves, and it sort of led to us talking more about religion and stuff. But I, I kind of had a thought where I, what do you think is the most violated commandment of the classic Ten Commandments? Uh, probably adultery. Maybe. Um, Could be uh, coveting somebody's, you know, livestock. <laughs> uh, I, by the way, I love how, you know, like wife and livestock are kind of back, back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. I get it in its proper context. Just a joke, folks. I don't think it's adultery. Though, yeah, adultery is pretty bad these days. That's actually a good answer. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. Thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. Mm. Whether it's God Almighty or some other sad idol replacement. And I don't mean like somebody <gasps> drops a, you know, the, the gosh, gosh darn it. Yeah. That drops a GD. Yeah, no GD. That, and that's inappropriate in most contexts, and unless you're stone cold Steve Austin. You can then <laughs> apparently get away with that because you're from Texas and I'm a man. <laughs> I mean that people 
use the appeal to the highest authority, and if you're a believer, that's obviously God, or maybe you're appealing to something else, sadly, like government or some other authority, or even to a moral code. Say you have this strong foundation. And I think this is where a lot of our arguments come from. I think people are appealing to God or some moral code or some big authority in vain for their own purposes, as Greg likes to say, for their own purposes. It is definitely the case. What do you mean in vain? Explain this to me again. I'm uh, for your own vanity. Oh. For your own purpose. Oh, okay. Like, in order to... Like, I want to get away with something. And actually, this is a, it's kind of what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Like, they're upholding certain laws and practices, but they're corrupt. I mean, you could, I was raised in the Catholic Church, but you could look at some of the governance coming out of the Vatican and the Catholic Church, mm. especially these terrible sex scandals and abuse scandals, and how over 40, 50 years, the bishops, sort of in the name of protecting the integrity of the church, and I covered it up, kept it hush-hush. I think that's actually a good uh, instance yeah, of using it in vain. Because the church represents so much, we can't let this get out. It'll make it look bad. Right. Yeah. And okay. that's often an argument you hear. But it doesn't have to be like, a, like the Catholic Church. It can be all sorts of things. And I, I think it goes on way too much where people want to cloak themselves and I'm morally correct. And no doubt... Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez said this the other day, and she got skewered for it, and rightfully so. She said, I think more people are worried about being exactly factually correct whereas it, rather than being morally right. Okay, so that's uh, you're worried about telling the truth than... She's worried more about being, in, uh, you know, having the right moral positions than actually being factually correct. Now... What have I told you, Alexandria, that having facts about the world that are well-formed to the best of your ability can lead you to what is morally right? Uh. <laughs> Maybe. But actually, I want to do something astounding tonight. Ooh, astounding. Because I think a lot of her policies, even if they're well-intentioned, because I try not to think the worst of people, but I think a lot of her policies are misguided. If I'm being less generous and charitable, bat crap crazy. And that's just FCC language. I could go on and on. An abomination. I don't think it would work out very well. But I want to defend her statement. Because, yes, I think people like her, there's a problem. They want to be always morally right. So they virtue signal without really knowing much about a given topic. They want to be in good standing. They want to be on the right side of things. And I guess that's not a great sin, but sometimes it leads you to, well, using like God's name in vain. Did you say anything to make yourself look better? Right, exactly. Oh, oh. Or like something happens and it, like a terrible tragedy happens. Remember when the... Uh, the shooting happened in France. Yeah. And everybody put up, like, the French oh, flag yeah. on their Book of Faces profile. It's like, what do you know about France? Yeah. But, it, and it, again, it's not a great sin, but it's like, okay, good for you. You care that, you care so much <laughs> that people were <laughs> shot and killed by terrorists. 
Like, what a bold statement for you to make. <laughs> it's kind of like people who today say slavery is wrong. Like, oh, did you come to that all by your big boy self? If you really like, wanted it's to. It's an easy statement to make. Write a letter. Mm -hmm. You would have more effect than doing that. But doing that shows everybody, hey, look at me. I care. Well, you shouldn't care what other people think. You should do it because it's for you, you know. But I actually know what she meant. Because there's two, what I think in the language today, it's a lot of virtue signaling. Instead of actually working on yourself and to put it in religious terms like praying quietly in your own room, you wear it on your sleeve. And again, it's not religious. We're talking politics. You know, I, you're constantly on some crusade that you care about. And that's what you're always preoccupied with. You know, it's one thing to be like preoccupied with Tool or preoccupied with Prince or preoccupied with the New England Patriots or the Los Angeles Lakers or even, what is it, the, the Canucks? Which uh, NHL team has the Canucks as their mascot? You know, you can be a fan of something. But when people are really fixated on a certain moral issue, and yet they're willing to twist the facts, massage the facts in order to make them seem even more right. Lie. Yeah, they're even willing to lie for the sake of a greater good or truth. And I think that that can obviously be an issue. So again... AOC, Alexandria, was taken the task accordingly, and, and I agree with it. Though I want to defend the first part of her statement. A lot of people are really hell-bent on being exactly factually correct. And I actually think that's also a problem. Because who do you know in your own life, Seth, if you like had to talk to them? Like, you, you carry around with you like a fact-checker and... Like an encyclopedia, we have them with our phones now, or we think we do. And everything your friend said or your co-worker said, you look up and go, well, actually, that is not the correct way to cook a steak. Here's the real correct way. You need to do a reverse sear at a certain temperature. And then, I mean, if you were constantly fact-checking people in your everyday life... That's got to suck. Yeah. That's got to suck, man. You don't... You well, you don't trust any of your friends, and you question everything. Question everything is okay, but come on. Yeah, but it, at a certain point, it just becomes like, do you actually care about the truth, or are you just trying to make me look bad? Know it all. Right. And I think that actually is a problem in politics. It's like everybody misspeaks. Everybody, I think, especially in politics, exaggerates or spotlights certain facts to make their moral right. point so they can make their case of how the world should be. And that leaves plenty of room for people to go, well, you're not exactly correct there. The latest science says, or I just read a book. Oh, really? You just read a book? I just read a book, or I just read an article from imright.com <laughs> that said that you're wrong. And there's a lot of this what would be the word? It's not like true fact-checking. It's not even like in good faith trying to discover something like together. It's, what's the word? Nitpicking. Together. That's the problem. Yeah, nitpicking in order to like make other people look bad. In particular, your political opponents look bad. There's no together. No, this is the game. 
That's crazy. Yeah, there's no togetherness in this. The goal is to win. <laughs> but nobody wins. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's complaining about where's the truth. Donald Trump lied. Nancy Pelosi lied. They're both awful, evil people. It's like, whatever. And at a certain point, I kind of step back and go, would you do any better in that position? And I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about most people I know. We're really good at complaining. We're very bad at figuring out what's actually true in the correct course. Now, we should give the old college try. We should search for greener grasses. I think we should be trying to figure out what's the world like today, what are the problems, and is there some way we can get to a better future. I think all that's fine. But it gets out of whack at times. Like, our imagination gets the best of us. And I don't think any of us are... I don't know, happy with it at the end of the day. It takes a lot of work. I mean, think about it. I was reading one of my favorites, uh, Mencken. Sorry for mentioning so much. Imagination, he kind of goes on in this little piece I'm reading from, is what kind of elevated us from the muck and the mud. We sort of figured out, okay, we got our food, we got our water, we got our shelter, we even have clothes. But, like... There's something, we could do this in a better way. Let's, let's go search over that hill. Let's climb to the top of that mountain. Let's sail across that ocean. We're not satisfied. Our imagination's always like, hmm, what can we do? As Minkin says, our imagination enables us to visualize a condition of existence better than what we have. And bit by bit, we're able to give a kind of crude reality to that vision we hope for but even today with like all the modern luxuries life isn't always great but it's pretty it's talking with baron about this last night it's probably the best time in human history to be alive even if you've got it bad great time to be alive lots of opportunities out there a lot of these dreams of our ancestors have been realized and things our ancestors from hundreds and hundreds of years ago never could have dreamed of it's pretty remarkable. But even today, we keep going on in that same manner. Is there something on that horizon? Like, is there something on Mars? They're never satisfied. Is there water? Is there water on, like, the moons of Jupiter? What's at the bottom of the ocean? Is there a way that we can, you know, save our fellows and take care of other people in a better way? All these things. That is, we think of something that we would like to be or get, something better than what we have, and then by a laborious, costly method of trial and error, we gradually move toward it. And if we're doing this, we're usually severely punished. <laughs> we usually mess up. We mash our thumb. We skin our shin. We stumble and fall. And get back up and do it again. The prize we reach out for blows up in our hands, in our face. But bit by bit, we move on, or at least our heirs do, our kids do. But bit by bit, we smooth a path beneath our remaining leg, not the one that was, you know, our chin is all messed up. And we achieve pretty toys for to play with, and new delights for our eyes and ears. But we're never content. It's a weird, weird thing going on. And I think what's happening today, because this is always going on, but it's so ridiculous today, 
is instead of realizing that this is just life, we blame other people. You know? Yeah, you can't blame anybody but your dang old self. Right. Now, I don't want to get too personal, but you, number one, mm-hmm. you were looking forward to something this past Sunday night, weren't you? Mm, yeah, it's very much so. What were you looking forward to? What, it's a ritual, almost. It's like something you do oh, every oh, Sunday Every night. Sunday, or uh, once a week since I was in um, at least fourth grade, um, The Simpsons. Yeah. They have always come on. I mean, it used to be Tuesdays, and then uh, 10 or so years ago, it became Sundays. So every Sunday, Animation Domination. Animation from Domination. From 6 to 9. I get cartoons that are pretty good, and then I get The Simpsons, brand new. Right. I don't have cable. Right, you don't have cable. You don't have the internet. I don't have the internet. House. I don't have cable. I have digital TV. And lucky me, the one show that I want to watch, I get in HT perfect. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, you, like, you've been doing this, like you said, for most of your life. Yeah. The only consistency in my life. And so, what happened this Sunday? You're eager. You're ready to watch The Simpsons. And what comes on? So, I... I, I play D&D for six hours, man. I almost die. I don't die. I run home. I'm like, yeah, Simpsons coming on. I come on, and I turn the TV on. And what crappy show was it? I forgot, man. Oh, I remember what it was. What was it? Rent. Freaking Rent. Oh, and, and as anybody who knows Mr. Spotlow here, you disdain musicals. I hate musicals. And that was a live musical on Fox. A live Broadway musical that was being shot somewhere that they do about once a year. And so you were so upset over this. You saw fit to call me <laughs> and tell me about it. Yes. And I feel for you. But did, did you watch Ren? No. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's kind of that... Even if it's that routine, it's like, this is the one thing that uplifts me. And it's not there. Yeah, oh, and at least I know when the, the uh, World Series is on, that, mm-hmm. that will shut down the new Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, but I know that's going to happen. I learned that about 10 years ago. This is a small disappointment. You know, I've had it happen in my life where it's like, you work up the courage, especially as an awkward, not exactly wealthy, way too in my own head young man. And it's like, I work up the courage, and I... Ask a girl out. And, like, I even work up the courage, like, the night of. Like, no, don't cancel, just go. And you go. And you're sitting there at the bar. And an hour passes after the time you're supposed to meet. And she's not coming. And you realize it. And you're like, you feel like the biggest idiot, fool. Why do I even do this? The grass isn't always greener. And I'm not trying to get too personal, but you've had an experience like that recently. Yes. Maybe a couple experiences like that. Back to back. Sucks being stood up. Double whammy. Twice. Really sucks. And that's, I mean, not getting the Simpsons and being stood up. They're disappointments. And a disappointment's a disappointment is a disappointment. Some are bigger than others, obviously. Like somebody asking for a divorce after a few months. Well, talk about a huge disappointment. Somebody unexpectedly dies. That's probably the worst one there is. But a disappointment is a disappointment. Yeah, either way. And so you were really feeling bad after being stood up, yeah. and rightfully so. Uh-huh. 
And this is, I think, part of the solution to this. Grass is always greener. The world sucks. I don't like how the world is. So let's search for something bigger and better. Which is, again, just part of life. We're not going to shake it. That's just how we are as human beings. But I sent you something because I was thinking about you. I was worried about you. And so in a, yesterday morning, yeah, I sent you a short video. Thank you. And the video is from a movie called Pirate Radio. It's a little over the top and sweet at times. But it also has great moments. It was good, man. Like, I needed that. And you know, I don't ever watch links people send me. No. Never. I watched that, and dude, I almost cried. So the video is this, folks. If you've seen the movie Pirate Radio. And it's just a good... It's one of my favorite scenes ever. Because I'm constantly dealing with disappointment. I think it runs in one part, one segment of my family. When the world's never good enough. People aren't good enough. I'm not good enough. Like, very negative and always disappointed. Which is a good motivator to do more things, but it's also just doesn't make you a fun person to hang out with. Yeah. So the scene is this young kid who's been sent to this pirate radio ship that was broadcasting off the British Isles right outside of government regulation. But they're blasting in this scandalous, like this sexual energy of early like 60s rock and roll. Great music. Incredible music. And they're blasting it unauthorized by the authorities. And it's showing scenes of, like, kids listening under their pillows to their transistor radios. And the whole population is kind of secretly, like, the working class are secretly listening to this rock and roll music that makes the drudgery of life feel a lot better. Like, it might suck if you got to sweep floors all day, take out the trash, but... Put it. This is my experience doing construction cleanup on residential construction sites. You put in some great rock music. It's not as it still sucks having to tote bricks into a dumpster, but you know, music makes it better. It always, it always does. Makes it better. So this one kid is sent to go stay on that pirate radio ship. I don't think I gave you this full context. Uh-uh. And he's kind of sent there by his mom. He doesn't really know why. She doesn't really tell him. Just go there. You're, you'll be welcomed there. And he meets all the wacky rock and roll DJs. There's the American played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. But there's all these different personalities. Big egos in radio. Shocking, I know. And some of them, because it's the 60s yet, baby, you know, yeah. Yeah. They, they're like, you're still a virgin? He's like, Yeah. So a lovely young girl is invited onto the ship, onto the boat. And he kind of hits it off with her and thinks this is going to be his moment. And he realizes, oh, actually, he shows her that he has a condom, a prophylactic. And she, no, keep it, keep it put away. You don't need to show me any. No, what are you doing rummaging in your bag? No, put that, that put that thing away. How old is that? Anyway. March. Oh, Lord. But he's he's ready. He's ready to go. You know, safe sex, especially oh, in yeah. the 60s. And uh, she realizes it, and she's like, that's all you wanted me to be here for? And he's like, oh, my God. And so and to prove that she means more than just sex to him, he throws it out. One of the little porticos out the window, right into the ocean. 
And they keep talking, and she's impressed by his bold statement that she means more than, you know, just a meat suit to him and a pretty face. And she's like, I think we're going to need that thing again. So he runs into one of the other DJ's rooms, and the guy gives him one and gives him a little advice, and he goes running back, scampering back to where he left the girl, and she's not there. Where'd she go? Here's some giggling in the room next door. Oh. And it's one of these obese DJs already in bed with this young lady. And so he's heartbroken. Like he thought that, you know, all the nerves of your first time, he's heartbroken and just like, this is never going to happen for me. And he feels probably betrayed too on top of the heartbreak. It's just a terrible feeling. And then that scene I sent you happens. And the scene, folks, if I could try to paint it with words, is he's sitting in this little kind of kitchenette cabin of the ship. He's sitting alone. He looks like a sad sap. Just looks like the world is going to end for him. And then two friends, two guys walk in. And I don't say anything to them. Because when somebody's in that sort of mood... What can you say? Yeah, you can't really say anything. You know, like, cheer up, buttercup, suck yeah. it up. No, that's not what you say. There are more fish in the sea. Who wants to hear yeah. that? But I wanted that fish. <laughs> what they do is they don't say a word, and they put down a plate. I think the Brits call them biscuits or cookies. And they put down a big glass. It looked like chocolate milk to me. And they just sit there right next to him. Don't say a word. And they just look at the plate of cookies and the glass of milk. And they look at him. They look at the cookies and the glass of milk. Look at him. Look at the food. And then he doesn't do anything, so they grab a cookie themselves. And they start munching on one. And they take a sip of milk, and they dunk the cookie into the milk. And they start eating. And finally, this morose, sad, heartbroken character, where all his disappointments... Like a guy trying to climb Everest only to realize I'm about to freeze to death. I can't reach the summit. He looks over at these two guys. Without saying anything, he grabs a cookie. He bites into it. He has a sip of milk and he starts smiling. Yeah. Life can really suck, folks. Your expectations and your imagination can really get the best of you. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody I know, and I think it's happened to everybody who's ever lived and died on this little patch of earth. But if you have friends to remind you that, yeah, you didn't get to that greener grass, but we got some good things here. It goes on. And it makes life seem all right. It really does, man. If I mean, that was great. Thank you very much. I mean, that, that got me, man. I watched that, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. So, you know, if you're feeling down and out, if you feel like the news isn't giving you the truth, if you feel like, well, horrible, evil things, like right now on the TV, Virginia governor draws sharp criticism for late-term abortion remarks. If that brings you down. I mean, and it, if you are a, a very pro-life person, it should bring you down. Mm -hmm. It's an affront, an abomination of what you believe in. I personally find it abhorrent. Man. I'd want to know more of the details of the law. Like, what do you actually mean by medical exceptions? Mm. But it, to me, and the way it's been characterized to me, 
I don't like it. And it, yeah. it makes me... It puts me in a bad mood. I heard that earlier, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's tough stuff. Well, when stuff like that's going on, for me, though, it wasn't milk and cookies. And unfortunately, was, I'll be honest, was, I've told this story before, but it was right after my mom passed, like a couple days after. And I'm in one of those existential moods of like, why is the world unfair? And it's not why, uh, it's a why that's not looking for an answer. When you start asking why and you don't actually want to hear an answer, you know you're in trouble. And you're just staring up in the sky. Why do people die too soon? Why is the world unfair? Well, and I'm in one of these moods. And I think rightfully so. And all of a sudden I feel a big lick right up the right side of my face. And it, at that moment I looked at my brother's dog, really our dog, because I helped raise him since he was a puppy, Gimli. And I christened him the Red and Fuzzy Big Booty Buddha because he's so wise, so loving. And it was just like those milk and cookies. It made you realize, yeah, life can have the ultimate disappointment, like losing a parent. But I still love this dog. He's still here to give me a kiss. And it's that reason that I'm looking forward to getting my next dog. I've gotten to see Gimli a few times since my brother moved, but I'm also really thinking about a cat. Mm -hmm. And I know where I'm going to make sure they're healthy so they can give me a kiss when I'm down and out. So they can purr on me when I'm down and out. That's four healthy pets over on the Atlanta Highway. The Village East Shopping Center. Mm. It's a place started by Teresa. Teresa adores her dogs and cats. I love them, too. I mean, you'll be able to meet her pets when you go to the store over at Four Healthy Pets. That was the inspiration. But she realized it's kind of tough for people to figure out what's the best brand of everyday food. What should I feed them every day that's going to leave them healthy and happy? Do I go for the lowest price at the big box store? Or, well, I don't even know where to begin. Well, it could be particular to your pet. And so Teresa will help walk you through all the different brands she has over there. She can also help you out on you know little treats that are all natural, very healthy for your pet. Or, or toys. I know a lot of dogs that will even little ones with needle teeth, the little needle teeth. And they'll just chew through whatever cheap toy real quick. Teresa has toys, all sorts of things that they won't be able to destroy within a few minutes. She has everything over there. She's opened that place for healthy pets with tender love and care. She shows it to her own pets, and she's trying to provide that love and care to your pets. So stop by Four Healthy Pets on the Atlanta Highway, the Village East Shopping Center, same side of the road, right next to Faulkner University, or you can visit them at fourhealthypetsonline.com. And they also provide grooming services, so many things. I just hired a new groomer. So check them out online again, fourhealthypetsonline.com. You can find out more or just stop by. She's Tell awesome. Teresa Joey said hi. She really is She is, is awesome. so nice. Why would you want to take your animal to somebody that isn't great and doesn't have just like good aura oozing out of them? She is just so nice. I mean, you got to take your critter to somebody. Right. I mean, your, your cat's not going to be happy if the person washing your cat's not happy. Exactly. <laughs> so I... I, don't, I didn't expect to get into a big diatribe tonight about truth and how our imagination gets the best of us and all this crap, but uh, I had to get it out. Oh, thanks, it's man. Just, I started talking. I was thinking about your situation. I thanks. was like, I've been there. Yeah, man. It, it is what it is. I don't have any milk and cookies right now, though. No, just talking about it. It's great, man. Well, it really is. Thank you. We get to hit this break. We'll be right back, folks. Woo!
No, this isn't Black Sabbath. Woo, this is them making up for Toto. <laughs> no, Weezer just dropped a new album. You might have heard they covered Africa. Well, this new Teal album is all covers. With this, they cover Take On Me, they cover Everybody Wants to Rule the World, they cover Sweet Dreams by the Arrhythmics, The Turtles even, Happy Together. I don't but know about that one. It's good, actually. It's really good. They're, they're versatile. And I just love this song. I've always liked the Sabbath version. It's awesome. I mean, it's totally been making up for Africa. Because yeah. Africa, you couldn't tell. Yeah, and I know they heard that from 10 million people. And some of the covers here, they sound too similar to the originals, but I like this one because they essentially took this song. One person commented, Weezer, making lyrics intelligible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. They yeah. sing very clearly like they are from California. They look just like Buddy Holly. Right. It's like <laughs> old Joe Rogan line. Like, oh, how are you going to make fun of how Californians speak, that we speak clearly? <laughs> <laughs> well, not all Californians. Not all, but uh, from California to Florida. Mm. Yes, we have another story about a Florida man. But in this one, the Florida man was in the right. The Florida authorities were very much in the wrong. <laughs> but let's just tease it a little bit here, Seth. Florida man jailed 41 days over 92 grams of... Heroin? Actually, the spoiler alert, it wasn't heroin. Oh, oh. <laughs> it actually says that in the subheading of this article. It wasn't heroin. But yes, 41 days behind bars after police found a powdery white substance in his van last month. But it wasn't heroin. Matthew Kroll, 28 years old, of Port St. Lucie, was sitting in his newly purchased van on December 5th when Martin County Sheriff's Office deputies arrived at the KFC parking lot where he had fallen asleep. Oh, by the way, did you see the new thing KFC is testing on their menu? What? It is... Uh, here, let's actually uh, pull that up before we continue the story. They are testing out a Cheeto... Yes, like the, the finger food, the snack. Okay, Cheetos. Cheetos fried sandwich. <sighs> so would the, the, the crust be Cheetos, or is it a Cheeto covered in crust? Made, this is KFC's own description. This is their press release from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh -huh. Made by coating a juicy, hand-breaded, extra-crispy chicken filet with special Cheeto sauce... And placing it on a toasted bun with mayo and a layer of crunchy Cheetos, the Cheetos sandwich will give you a blast of craveable Cheetos in every bite. Hmm. You're trying to fight. So with it's not only Cheetos, it's a Cheeto like sauce. It makes me think of the taco, the Doritos taco. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, yeah, and also like the. Uh, 
the nacho fries yeah. thing going on at Taco Bell. They're just jumping the shark. I've been trying to eat cleaner. You know, if, and if I do like fast food or something greasy, I'll go like a Five Guys, you know. I'll get a like legit burger. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this Florida man, well, back to him, Matthew Kroll, 28. The sheriff's deputies in Martin County arrive at this KFC, and someone had reported the vehicle as suspicious. So police were investigating. Because everybody knows you pick up your heroin at the KFC, and then you know, yeah. you know, or yeah, and then you eat your Cheetos sandwich. <laughs> when deputies searched his van, they found marijuana. <gasps> no. Maybe he was from Colorado or California or Washington State or Oregon or Massachusetts or the District of Columbia. Or maybe he's used to living in metro Atlanta, where all of it is pretty much legal to possess. Anyway, when deputies searched his van, they found marijuana, a beer in the cup holder, and a bag with 92 grams of a white powder in it. Deputy Stephen O'Leary claimed to have conducted a field drug test on the powder and said it tested positive for heroin. I just looked at him baffled and confused because I had no idea as to where 92 grams of heroin came from inside my van, said the young man. Van slash house. Yeah, I really freaked out. I started panicking and didn't really know what to think. Kroll was right to be surprised. He says the alleged heroin was actually laundry detergent. But the truth wouldn't come out until much later. After his arrest, Kroll was jailed for 41 days and charged with trafficking heroin. Wow. Due to the severity of the charges, there is no way he could afford the bond. It made the situation very real. The judge raised my bond to $100,000 from $100,000 to a half a million dollars. So there was really no way I was getting out of jail. Kroll admits that he's been in trouble with the law before, but nothing is serious. In the past, when I have gone to jail, it's been something where I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. It's a lot of diff- It's a lot different than going to jail, and the charge of trafficking of heroin carries a penalty of 25 years in prison. Kroll was eventually released, though not before he spent Christmas and New Year's behind bars. After the sheriff's office tested the quote-unquote heroin again and discovered the truth, that it was laundry detergent. That poor guy. Trafficking charge was dropped, as was the count of marijuana possession. I think it's like, well, we just kept you in jail for over a month, so yeah, you can go. Our bad. You ain't getting nothing for it, though. But unfortunately, folks, this sort of story is more common than you might think. I mean, many reports have shown that police misidentifying cotton candy... And donut glaze for meth. Glazed donut. In another case, North Carolina police bragged about a massive fentanyl bust, only to learn later that they had confiscated 13 pounds of sugar. Oh. The culprit in each of these cases were field test kits that provided false positives. Oh. What happened to the good old days when somebody's took a, they'd find it and they'd be like, oh, let me make sure. And they'd stick a knife in it and they'd taste it and they'd be like, yeah, that's the stuff. And there's actually an investigative reporter. He's not always right, but he's pretty good on this stuff, uh, Radley Balco. And he has a, a list of all sorts of things that are uh, have been tested by these field test kits that were shown as positive. These are drugs. 
What are you doing with drugs? We're taking you to jail. So, it's not the first time this has happened. It's happened, well, it's not the second time or the third time. It's happened many times. So, here's a compiling of a, a running list, if you will, because it'll probably happen again. Of all the things field tests have mistaken for drugs. This list includes sage. What? Oh, oh that wacky backy. I'm going to jail for that catnip plant I'm fixing to grow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies. That's what? We could click on the link here. Let's see. Chocolate chip cookies. No, I'm not seeing that there. Motor oil. Mm. Spearmint. Dr. Bronner's magic soap. <laughs> well, if you're toting around anything called Dr. Bronner's magic soap, you probably deserve to be locked up. Tortilla dough. Deodorant. Billiards chalk. Patchouli. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to jail for my incense. Flour. Eucalyptus leaves. Breath mints. Loose leaf tea. And Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers? I got to look at this Jolly Ranchers one. Yes, this is from the... Yeah, they confuse Jolly Ranchers for crystal meth. Man. somebody needs That was the NYPD who confused that. They'll just hire anybody, won't they? It's nuts. That is crazy. It's uh, it's sometimes it's it's just like, come on, guys. I gotta, I gotta look at some of these. Hmm, what was deodorant confused for? Probably crack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy with the the uh, the laundry soap. I mean, I looked at the picture of him, and he does kind of look. Oh yeah, he doesn't. I'm not saying he's a good, perfect guy. Well, I just say he looks like he might be that kind of sort of guy. Right. You know? He's got long little hair and a scruffy beard. Kind of looks like both of us. Yeah. <laughs> blonde. Oh man, it's just unreal. Anyway, one guy that won't give you a false positive. One guy that'll actually oh. be looking out for you. And is good at it too. Good at it. Unlike those tests. Not only if you're looking to buy a house or sell yeah. your house, it could be buy or sell. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group wants to be your full-service realtor. He'll help walk you through the process, whether it's buying or selling. But say you want to sell your place. He's not going to just show up, have you sign a contract to begin with. Ooh, you know, it's like signing your soul. Just pound a, a sign in your yard and wait by the phone. For sale. This guy's getting no, no, he's actually going to walk you through the process. Be like, okay, we're going to get your listings up on thegoodsongroup.com, on Zillow and Trulia. We're going to talk about the price point. Like, if you already have an idea of what you think your home should go for, that's great, but he'll suggest, hey, this will probably go the quickest. Here's a renovation you could maybe invest in so you can get a higher price and get the house off the market quicker. Here's a, a, just a necessary repair. Here's how you do a successful open house. Eddie Bader has done it all. He really has. He changed his own life by investing in real estate really to change his own life. Now he's a real estate agent, a full-service real estate agent that will be right there by the phone ready to take your call if you're looking to sell your home or buy a home. Even if it's a first-time home buyer and you maybe thought, I could never own a home, There's, what options are for me? Let Eddie Bader open your eyes. His number, 322-0662. Again, that number, 322-0662. Give him a call. He's very responsive. Even if it doesn't pick up immediately, he'll call you right back. He's that type of guy. He's that attentive. He likes to go the extra mile. And I'm happy that he's a sponsor here on the Joe Clark Radio Hour. Very happy with it. And if you don't want to do that kind of stuff, doesn't he have people that'll do it? 
yeah. the, the maintenance stuff. I mean, oh, absolutely. It, it, you, yeah, and There's, all, he'll give you options. Yeah. That's, that's the genius of Eddie Baker. Because he's done this in his own life for so long, and he's managed properties, let's say he knows people, and he knows how to get the job done. Like I said earlier about four healthy pets, with Eddie, he's good at his job, but he's also a good person, and he's funny. Right. You, and you can't beat that. That just makes everything smooth. You know, exactly. I mean, just a good person makes things better. But it's uh, back to the story about the misidentified drugs. I will say, why did you have like loose laundry detergent in your van? Like, was he washing his clothes back there? Two weeks Maybe. ago, I had a bag of laundry soap. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad this wasn't you. I'm gonna watch out about. Toting around with my laundry soap. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful out there. So you already look suspect. You know this. I know, man. That's why I don't drink. Yeah, this is another good call, uh, Mr. Spotlow. So you're going to be watching the Super Bowl this weekend? Um, I don't know, man. What are you doing? Am I I, are you know. watching? It? Maybe I'll come watch it. With Maybe you. though, I'm not sure. I'm actually going to tune into halftime. I, I like songs about Jane, the first Maroon Five album. That's who's the okay. halftime show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there might be guest appearances or something. They always get fancy with these shows. But ever since Prince just owned the halftime oh, yeah. show, nothing else compares. <laughs> nothing compares to you, Prince. Oh, uh, yeah. If you watch it, man, I'll come hang out with you. Since I missed the uh, Royal Rumble. But there are. Uh, there's. I love now. It's like a tradition where there's alternative programming during halftime. So if you don't want to watch the NFL's halftime show. You can turn to, I think, like Animal Planet or the something. Puppy Bowl. The puppy Bowl. And I think this year it's like a rescue puppies, these sort of things. Oh, it's so cute. It's like watching the Weather Channel. The Puppy Bowl is great, but also the WWE is doing a thing called Halftime Heat. Ooh. They're doing like a 30 or a thirty minute six man tag team match with stars from the NXT brand. Cool. And it's going to be pretty epic. Like Velveteen Dream and Johnny Gargano and a few others. It's going to be. Awesome. That, that yeah, it sounds cool, man. I think it, it'll work out well. I, I mean, there's an it's an abundance that we have. All sorts of things, entertainment, all sorts of toys and things to delight us. Yeah. I don't know. I might watch the game. I'm maybe Brady will pull it off. I'm actually cheering for the Evil Empire this oh, year. Oh no way! You're going for the Rams, man. I don't know if always. we can be friends. Ah. No, but Seth, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Today. No problem. Thank you, man. I appreciate it like always. And folks, thank you for listening. Be back tomorrow. Joey Clark.